This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. And the topic is the printing press. I just spent a bunch of time in promotion mode. <clears throat> and and part, of, part of this is uh, working with the local science fiction convention. My printing press uh, actually is, is busted at the moment. My printer. And it was, something happened, it, I think it was, it was on and then it got moved. Something happened, I'm not quite sure. The, the printing head that's the error message coming up is saying there's a problem with the printer head and so I removed it and, and rinsed it out and it's not quite there yet and I'm not I'm not going to abandon abandon it quite yet there's a couple other things I can do but there's always that question of how much time and energy do do you want to put into the thing I'm just imagining you know replace you know do you get the replacement part um, do you or do you just you know ah, buy a whole new printer or do you go to the printing place and succumb yeah <laughs> yeah uh, so the printing press I had some interesting experiences with paper with making paper and in that I ended up learning about the history of paper and how to make paper you know small scale uh, and then larger and I actually went to a place uh, we have sort of a not an artist community but sort of like there's the hope of that and there's shops that the artists have set up in Vancouver it's a place called Granville Island but one place was called Paper Ya. So you could go there to buy various types of paper, handmade, a lot of it. And the owner uh, was an artist who would make things out of paper. But a lot of the... It basically was a store. And from what I remembered, it had a couple levels where you could take classes. But... It was also a place where she could do her work. I'm trying to remember if that's exactly true. It might have been actually two in environments, like two, uh, two places, like the studio, and then and then the store. That sound that's sounding more accurate. Right. So, uh, I learned how to make paper using, I think it was called a, I think it's called a Hollander. And it's, it's got a, um, a loop of a trough. Uh, so water and pulp goes around and around and is ground, uh, down. You could have like, say, really long fibers, or you could just keep it going and you can end up with shorter fibers. So it all depends on 
uh, what kind of fibers you want. Then you could color the fibers, at, you know, the pulp. You can do various things to the pulp to get different effects. And on my own, I got to experiment. Um, I started just with a blender, which is basically the same thing. And then uh, my business partner, uh, their father, who I, I think he was an engineer, but anyways, he came up with uh, this notion of using a garburator. And so it was a sink, the garburator, and it would cycle through the sink. So the, the pipe, the, um, the plumbing, right, it just went back into the sink. You'd, you'd load it up with uh, some water, then you'd start adding some softened up uh, fiber from, you know, you could use all kinds of things like old jeans, right? It's made out of cotton, so you can make cotton paper out of old jeans. Flax is used for linen, so again, you know, you can just, you could go on and on and on. Uh, anything, any natural fiber. Uh, part of part of my reason to getting into this had to do with environmentalism. Um, I was concerned about trees, and it's like you know, you know, why aren't we why aren't we you know ditching tree paper and just focusing on uh, non wood paper or tree free paper? So where's the where's the printing press in all of this? <laughs> I guess, let's see, my interest in writing, my interest in writing, my interest in books, I come from books, people who are into books, uh, who work with books, who had dreams of uh, studying books, of being a scholar, and so I grew up around that. And then went on to learn how to make the paper to make the books. I did binding. And then ultimately, uh, I manufactured my own book when I was self-publishing. I think that that's, yeah, okay, so that's, that's the development that had eventually happened. And I did the binding. I did the printing. I did the design uh, pretty much every step of the way. So I didn't have an old printing press. I actually knew someone who, who did. I didn't go down that route for my book, but I, I, I knew someone whose father had an actual printing press, and not a current printing press, but old, uh, an old one. Like, you know, say a couple hundred years old, no electricity. You know, it's all, it's all done by hand. I remember, too, uh, somebody from my community. It was really awesome that they... <laughs> they I th and, too, it was a loan. They loaned me this... Uh, I think they said it was a lino press. And... It, 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 that it's for, say, flattening. I, I used it to, to flatten. I used it for binding, just to create a, a smooth surface. 
So I would make some paper, and it would be a bit sort of warped, and I would I would press it. Um, so it was just sort of you know a heavyweight squashing something, and I wasn't able to get it back to the person who who'd given it to me, and uh, it was great that they had, but it was unfortunate that it it didn't work out. They didn't get it back. Uh, and it was used a lot of it got a lot of use this old technology and two it, it wasn't a printing press the original owner had used it for making um, not etchings but they would take uh, say what's that stuff you have on the floor covering the floor linoleum so they would have these squares of linoleum and then they would cut out an image and then they would ink that and then um, apply pressure onto paper and then take it off. So this is a very old technique. You know, this is really, it's like woodcut. It's, it's the oldest technique for printing. Very basic. It was interesting too to see the to see art that this person had made, this member of my community. They were also involved in some avenue of psychology. They were either a, um, a nurse in that field or a therapist, something. They did something. And it was reflected in the art. The art had this sort of amorphic, surreal quality to it that I wasn't even at the time I wasn't quite sure it was sort of looking at something and going why is it all odd? why is it all off? a kind of a, a dream-like uh, image but then if you've been listening to these podcasts you know where I've come from and you can probably guess why the image was so warped and everything. You know, what, what, what the hippie community gets up to. Anyways. Um, so, I, so I went from paper to binding. I was taking the paper, handmade paper, and making these little notebooks. One thing that happened with that preoccupation was that things were moving away from creativity and handmade and moving towards on one hand it was more um, on one hand it was less work but it, it to me it was less interesting so it had it started to move away from the the creative In what way? It ended up with making uh, notebooks say that we didn't make the notebook, that we would send it away and other people would make it. And we would sort of, we would have the designs uh, and say, we, you know, we would sort of make the cover image 
and information. You know, this was uh, ecological paper. Most paper that you get is, like say, it's post-consumer, which is great. You know, it's, it's not all virgin forest, but it's recycled. Um, and yet they have to add some uh, freshly cut down tree fiber. Because what happens when you recycle it is that the fibers get shorter and shorter. Okay, yeah. So I did, I did my quote-unquote printing press experience. I was actually working at a printing shop. And before I left, it was weird. I was going traveling and I was worried. I, I was sort of like, I have access to this environment and I can actually make something. And, um, so I did. And it was this, you know, this crappy book. But I went all the way and I did everything. Uh, sent it off to the National Library, ISBN number, the whole thing. But I knew that it was, it was not great. Uh, but it was done. I did it. And then I left that, the printing place and I went, I went traveling. And so, to think about the printing press... I believe I mentioned that I was doing promotion for this science fiction convention. And today, I had spent a, a chunk of time. Yesterday, I was scheduling posts, finding content, um, reusing content, taking photos. I've just started to take photo, like take the, the photos of these guests of honor that are going to be there in October and manipulating them by uh, the photos by adding say text and and doing doing something with them to say you know to keep, to use it again uh, as a resource uh, but the internet social media in this case it's Facebook where uh, there's the most activity that this uh, science fiction convention has. And it's interesting to see that, that they're not so much using Twitter, they're not um, engaging, focused, that, that they say have more success on Facebook. I actually didn't... Uh, I had a Facebook account, but I was very disappointed with it. And uh, using Twitter, I had much more success. Finally, it took about, I think it was three tries, and finally I figured it out. And it's, it's all about engagement. It's all about responding, right? And finding people that are, you know, like, likewise like-minded. And, and, and figuring out as well, say, people who are not engaging, who are sort of posting, but they're not going to drop by, you know, your, uh, your account. They're, they're not going to, they're not following you, really. 
they probably have you on mute and they just want you to sort of they want you to like what they're doing and um, there's no give and take it's just take 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 so I finally figured that out on Twitter and so this has been I think this has been a couple years now and it's just become a part of uh, the daily grind. Uh, right, so that's Twitter. Um, Facebook is... I think that I'm learning how to use Facebook through doing this promotion. Uh, it is a, a printing press experience. One of the members of my community, the, the community that I grew up with in, uh, owned a printing shop for years. And part of uh, the childhood experience would be that I'm, I'm sort of, I sort of have memories, I think, going there, hanging out, uh, the, this person's kids uh, would, would be there so it was sort of like dropping by, seeing them. And I had a, a, a number of projects that got printed there. I had... I wanted to do a, kind of a newsletter for uh, the community because I had seen it done before and, and I liked them and so I imitated this and I did an illustration for the front cover and then I did uh, got information and uh, I went and got it all um, printed up at this place and too this is as a I believe it was a young teen or somewhere in there kind of elementary middle grade experience but thinking back on, on say my my experience with printing and my experience with say creating a printed work that it goes back and back uh, later I did a poetry zine and that was in the 90s and with that one I was sending it out so say people would uh, ask for a copy and then I would send it out. And so if you, if you don't know anything about the zine experience, it, it's something to look at. So yeah, so I was, I was doing art, the art and stuff like that. And two, I kind of feel bad because it, it was sort of, I was making use of kind of friend of the family situation and I, so I would show up with my stuff and we'd do this printing and I can't remember offering to pay but I don't think I paid and my childhood friend at one point was doing the printing for this um, and one particular sort of moment of this they we were talking about the cover and I, I was just yeah 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 and what they what they had done is they had taken my the title and they had made it really tiny and they had put it back 
And I thought this was the greatest thing. And I'm not sure what they thought, but I, for me, it was sort of creative. And, and their act of sabotage was part of the creativity that I was sort of, I was, I was on board with this. And too, though, I think that was the end of, of the zine when, when they did the sabotage. I still sent it out. I sent it out and it was amazingly colorful and creative. But I kind of got the hint that they were, you know, it was, it was over. Uh, and to the, uh, the ownership uh, changed, changed hands. And so it was no longer a case where, say, I had a connection or I could drop by. That, that, that say that there was no relationship. And two, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't expensive and it was just sort of an ex- well, yeah, there you go. It's an, it was an excuse to socialize. <laughs> I was lonely. Right. So. So the printing press. Thinking of the Gutenberg. I'm thinking of the Gutenberg Bible. And that's, that's the huge association. Uh, it's not, you know, oh, printing press and here we are, you know, printing out advertisements. Definitely there were advertisements, but the kind of high-water mark, the achievement, what it's known for, is a religious text. You know, the book. The good book. And... I actually saw a documentary uh, on the, the Gutenberg Press, and the guy didn't make any money, right? So huge achievement, huge milestone. Uh, there, there was the pursuit of that, but ultimately it, it backfired. It was like, yes, you know, it, it's this, it's like a landing on the moon, you know, one one giant leap but it's just sort of personally that it's not it doesn't sort of it doesn't happen I think of uh, in those cases I keep coming back to uh, William (laughs) that's not right thinking William Gibson it's like no 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 Somewhere he's going, yes, yes, yes. But it, it uh, I'm thinking of uh, this, uh, he, he was actually a printer, but he did poetry, he did uh, engravings, so he, and, and too, there was art. He was an artist, he was experimenting. Uh, William Blake? I think it's Blake. Because it's, it's, cause I'm kind of getting confused between uh, the, the writer of, po- of uh, 
poetry of uh, they all, they both did poetry, but it's not Paradise Lost. It's uh, poems like uh, Jerusalem, which is still it was set to music and it's still uh, popular in Britain. And there's sort of like this contest of you know is it the national anthem. And also to a lot of problems with, uh, like, say, when you go in and you take a look at the meaning of, of that particular work. I like the revolutionary quality of Blake. I th- I'm pretty sure it's Blake. Uh, but he, uh, another guy, so he died in poverty. And, you know, yes, you know, you chased the dream. And you, and to, one could argue that there is great achievement in sort of experiencing this, uh, the transcendent. Because that's, he, he just, he reveled in it. Uh, there's a lot of work that's prophetic. Uh, and imaginative, just really indulging and going out there and it's it's difficult to decipher um, so there's this odd thing about the printing press is that there's this immortality much along the same lines as uh, you know van Gogh that you could you know go off and do this marvelous stuff and you know in your lifetime you know <laughs> that you, you don't get the reward but but that you are remembered and your work is enshrined i don't like that <laughs> i don't like that idea uh, uh i would like it now but at the same time that there's this there's this way to do that and you have to be willing to play that game if that's the thing it's like what's ultimately your goal and what do you see as success which is a really weird thing you could have moderate success and be more successful than a van gogh in your lifetime I feel like I've known at least one Van Gogh in my lifetime. And it's not, uh, for me, it's, it's not enough. I, I look at that artist's work and I go, you know, you know that's, that's not cool. You know, that it ought to be where you do the thing and then you get whatever. At least fifty percent, right? You that you're moderately successful, uh, but then again, perhaps you know, that that's the price of being on the cutting edge and going out beyond uh, what other people are doing and other artists. Like, say, if you go back to Van Gogh and you look at those works, the other, you know, other artists, and and then compare. And, and question. But, but say, you look at the successful artists of that age, 
and that that's what you had to do. You had to sort of play within those uh, boundaries. You had to play by those rules and the definitions of fad and fashion. If, if that's what you want to achieve. So the printing press, and it's just Andy Warhol has just surfaced in my imagination is that quote of nine minutes of, of fame that you'll get, everybody will get nine minutes of fame. And social media is, is quite like that. You know, there is this uh, huge amount of fluidity that happens. Uh, there's pockets, you know, these communities, uh, such as the writing community. And the printing press has been made incredibly accessible. Whereas before it was, you know, not as easy. Now it has become incredibly easy. And yet, just knowing a little bit about marketing and promotion and watching people having taken a couple classes in branding and having a good think about it and considering my own situation or say the science fiction convention that I'm going to this afternoon I found a what I thought was amusing and I was sort of unsure about it, and I, but I posted it. And then I got a response of, this is not, you know, like, you think it's something, but it's not. And sort of say the communication was lost, the joke of it was lost. And two, I, I, I agreed right away and said, oh, yes, you're right. There's this immediacy that is happening in media that you can have you can have this experience going on in front of in front of your eyes and and but then also the weird thing is is that it's it's not real and yet there is this feeling there's there's yeah there's a feeling there of immediacy Even, even though you're communicating through a screen and the other person is on the other, you know, distantly across the city, across the world, uh, on another screen. One thing I haven't been able to do is video phone calls. And two, I have done them, but it, I just feel very off put. And I marvel at people who are wandering around with these uh, 1984 devices and uh, and to finding it interesting, like sort of stepping outside myself and looking at my response to you know a stride in technology and uh, preferring preferring that it's voice. You know, because that's what I'm comfortable with. I grew up with the telephone. The uh, landline. 
but uh, like I say, right now I'm recording. I'm on a on a smartphone, a cell phone. And if I if I had to do it, I would, and to I would do a video conference. What is it that bothers me? I, th- I think I might have mentioned this before, but it has to do with seeing uh, the image of someone that because uh, my mind is thinking that they are real much in the same way as say you might have this sort of knee-jerk reaction while watching a a show a movie, a film uh, a video sort of like you get just so entrenched in it and say if I meet someone who I know in real life (laughs) even just that term there that that there's this lack of distinction that this video phone call for for a moment that it becomes reality and the, the disturbing is is just this the ceasing that's a, there's a part of me that's saying rejecting it and saying this is not real uh which sounds a lot like a simulacrum which printing is. Printing is, you know, you have your original and then you have your copy. The copy is received and takes on this new life. It has a purpose and existence that, in a sense, is greater than the original, say, the typeface, the plate. The, uh, the etching because it's, it's, the, it's the print that is received it's the print that is experienced by people now I'm circling back to an episode I really think that I did an episode on Marshall McLuhan and I think, I think the title was the medium is the massage. I think, too, the thing in the title where it's massage instead of message is that an intentional error has been made. Because if it was the medium is the message, it would be immediate. It would be go, ah, yes, I understand. Whereas with this error put in of massage, M-A... S-S-A-G-E. There's this, also this wordplay that's at work. You know, of, uh, you know, well, what is a massage? So we have an error, but also that the error is massaging, right? It is, it is uh, therapeutic, relaxing. It's this shoulder rub your arm, you know, your arms are, your shoulders are achy, so, okay, we'll give you a little massage. How's that? Thank you so much. Feels a little better. And for the life of me, I can't remember that whole conversation about Marshall McLuhan. But great that I did it. So the printing press. 
talking actually with a printer because I, as I mentioned I actually did work in a printing place and one of the guys there we kept in touch and he continued uh, he doesn't work at the same place he's moved out of this city and uh, he's, he's still printing and uh, he's amazing I think uh, amazing that, that you know that he could keep doing it I, and two, it is stressful. It's interesting to watch him uh, take it, take the grinding. Whereas, whereas for me, it would be nope. You know, I'm not gonna, not gonna do this. Uh, and two, there's more to it than that. But talking with him uh, over over the years, he would describe the changes in the industry and how. say that, that that say printing is still required uh, also two people have printers you know they have their computers hooked up to a printer uh, you know they've invested in that they've gone and bought ink so say one can do printing at at home rather than taking it to a place what's the difference It's, it's very much the amateur versus the professional. Uh, my friend, uh, ex-co-worker, he can create something that is professional. That, say, over the years he's acquired skills. I think even he's taken classes. Uh, he's had to. So that, say, just, you know, again and again and again... He's able to say, take something, and he he has stories of people coming in with uh, stuff, amateur stuff, and they want it printed. And of course, it behooves to sort of, you know, say, are you sure about this? How about I just tweak one color? How about you know, um, or say, uh, you know, printing it out something, and then say, you know, how about you come pick this up, see how it looks, show it around get some feedback, just to sort of give them that chance, um, and to, you know, offering the skills and services to, to improve the product. This is very connected to uh, the, the digital print that happens with, so right now it's Amazon, and um, there's others, but that you can you can get stuff um, printed. So you can have a digital book and let's say if people want uh, a print copy that they can invest that. And two, I'm in that, I'm in that experience. Uh, my cousin uh, wanted to do that. She wanted to compile a whole bunch of um, articles she wrote. And so she did that and I worked a bit with her. And uh, with my own book that is uh, published small press, the great thing about it is even small press has become accessible. So you could just purely go digital with the option of um, 
and so that you don't have to have this huge stock and again that makes it more accessible So where is this whole thing going? Are we going, are we going purely digital? No, and that's interesting. It's interesting that people still read books. I remember too. I, I was actually offered, uh, I was offered a, a reader, a digital reader, and I can't remember what it was, but like say which one it was, but. Actually, I actually declined, and I said no, that I preferred uh, print. Uh, the, and, and too, it's weird, because the environmental part of it is, is like, you know, well, you know, but you, Moss, you said paper is bad. Um, and too, it doesn't have to be. There's a huge amount of fiber that uh, a resource in agriculture and in, and too when you compare forestry to agriculture that there's actually a loss that happens there's an argument on top of that that oh well that that fiber can be put back in in, into the soil, right? Uh, like a green manure compost. Stats, statistics. All right, so, oh, okay, we're wrapping things up, moving into the wrapping up. Ultimately, science fiction-wise, it, it, it feels like we're getting closer and closer to... It'll, the experience will be, like, say, telepathy. That's what the, the end result would be. Our ancestors would argue that's what's happening right now with you know, carrying around these uh, handheld computers. Uh, and two, it's, it's when we, we integrate that with, uh, with our, within, right? So when we actually have that. And I, th I think the response is going to be much like my own response to video phone calls. This, this kind of rejection of, well, that's not normal. And two, and two, I'm, I'm fascinated by that response. You know, the idea that you say normality is based on, um, say what you've experienced over and over again, but that there's this resistance to something that you know is potentially uh, new and better, and etc. 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 Leave it up to the most recent generation to latch on to this.
I wonder if there will be a problem uh, with immediacy, with a sense of reality, with... There's this notion of uh, that reality is virtual. And there's an argument with perception that we don't actually experience reality. Instead, that we project. And like say, right now I'm just walking by a tree and it's got a big uh, growth on it. And, and right away I've... I've determined things like it's a tree and I have judgments around that that shape my perception. It has a growth on it. And I sort of I'm judging, right? Uh, and what's my point? Just just yeah, just casting ahead, looking ahead and We already have people who lose themselves in the act of uh, online gaming. And to it has become online gaming. It has gone from video gaming to online. Where we have social media, we have a similar experience where we're interacting with um, others who are playing. And so we play. But we also, we don't critique people who go out, well, I critique golf, but um, <laughs> it should be Scottish, right? It should be, uh, that, that's my take on it. It, it, should be a, it should be Gaelic, it should be Gaelic only. I'm not serious. I don't play, and I, it sort of feels like I ought to play because I have, you know, a, a, a branch of the family tree, but it means it means nothing. So, so there we go. And it should, but it doesn't. All right. So wrapping things up, printing press. When things really hit the fan as far as mass extinction, will we completely abandon paper? Sort of like, you know, look at it and go, oh, you know, that's, that's bad. But also, will we sort of hold on to it? You know, will, like I've, I've mentioned, you know, I've made, years ago, I made paper out of um, jeans, blue jeans. It's nice, you get a nice blue paper. Uh, ragmen used to go around the cities collecting fibers and, and other stuff, but they were called ragmen because they would collect rags in order to make paper. So it didn't start off with tree paper. That was, I think, I, I sort of remember that was craft paper, and it came later. It really comes down to demand, 
supply and demand. But first of all, demand. And what, what do people demand? We all pretty much have our reading device, which is the phone. And we have these, we have these attempts, you know, to, to emulate books. Uh, you know, de dealing with and tweaking and attempting to get closer and closer. There's nothing like a book. Though. And that's the thing, though, too. It's like I'm speaking from my experience and I'm speaking of, from uh, my values. Uh, but what, what is it really? Like, what is the value of the book? Uh, on social media, I'll see... I'll see people who are collecting books and stockpiling books and well what what is it you know beyond this sort of you know that the wonderful fungal smell that that is in books and ultimately it 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 gets into um narrative it gets into the plot the story it gets into the into the fable and the tale and so that's that's not going away you know that's something that we we crave and we look to to inform us about about who and what we are we study them you know we have uh, institutions set up to study them and argue about them and then and and then to presenting it to to the culture and saying you know this this is the body of work this is the corpus this this defines us our experience you know these are our values and and to the theme ultimately It's a difficult thing, though, as we as we get closer to mass extinction, uh, and to, of course, the big freakout. You know, in this attempt to sort of, you know, oh, we'll be very environmental at the end. It's like, okay, well, that will really work. <laughs> Obviously, no, but. It's, it, it, it just seems impossible to get away from that, say, it's it, the whole thing of, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. That, say, the device I'm recording on right now, once again, it's another form of uh, media, but, you know, the cost of shipping it, uh, you know, so what? It's an old phone, right? It's still that carbon footprint. And so, okay, well, what? You know, is that going to lessen? Say, how about you can... You can 3D print your home. Your Yeah, three, there you go. 3D print your home, your experience. You don't actually go out. Um, there's a, a place being built that I've been walking by. They've been working on it for half a year at least now. They probably won't be done for... Like, it'll probably be totally finished 
uh, by the end of the year. Did they recycle all of that stuff? All of that, you know, the good wood, old, you know, old material, um, the metal that they ripped out, did they recycle all of that stuff? I'm just going and thinking, what about you take your old phone and you take all the bits and pieces and just recycle it, you know, and that the company gives you the, the new specs, right? Oh, it's better, faster, etc., etc. And then you sort of, okay, you, you take the old phone, you throw it into the recycler, grinds it down, separates all the stuff, and then 3D prints a whole new phone. And of course you have to pay, right? But uh, you have the, you know, the latest grand spanking thing. And, of course, you know, your housing unit is completely self-contained. You, know, uh, you don't have to burn coal to use the thing. But that, that question of the printing press. What an odd thing, too. Like, say, why not create a device, like, say, in the sense of a book, you know, why not have a device, you know, that is all books. I can remember the beginnings of the internet when uh, they actually had a sort of demonstration at the local library where my mother worked. And I, I went up and had to use the thing. And two, this is, this is sort of like the, the wave of the future example versus the, the bullet, early bulletin boards which we're slowly moving towards what we have now. Just purely text back then. But the libraries had these examples of, you know, here's audio, visual, it's going to be amazing. And so interesting, too, every step of the way the, the library has been there. Maybe not at the very beginning, but eventually they were looking at it as... Um, an amazing archival and and to connecting to the reading experience. And to leaps and bounds. I, I can remember trying to get an audio book through um, through the internet, through my library. So this was ten years ago or something. And I could not figure my way around it. Um, so now we have the latest incarnation with apps, applications, or appliances. And, and yeah, and too, I, I was able to make the connection by using this app. But before I had to, I remember it was like I had to download a program and, and then the program didn't work. Uh, it probably did work, but the user interface was just uh, <clears throat> designed for... <laughs> not me, not me. Final words on the printing press. Five minutes. So I'm still... I'm still doing, I'm still doing what I was doing years ago, 
I'm still taking information and making a presentation. I'm doing illustrations. I'm manipulating graphics. An example was I took photos from this sci-fi convention's website and I just dropped them onto uh, Facebook. And with sort of like, you know, oh, here's, here's these people. Because, say, not everybody's going to the website. So, you know, I'll take it to, I'll take it to them. You know, here's, here's the people. And slowly giving examples of their work and um, posting, posting, posting. Of, of course, you know, why do this? You know, because, uh, because I'm promoting myself. Uh, am I promoting myself? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, download the Moss app, right? Have that, have the experience of Moss, right? Oh my gosh, I've had enough Moss. I, I don't want to use this Moss app anymore. Uh, and too, it's about, about finding those people. Like, say, within my own, and it's interesting to use the word community, uh, but in this different community, uh, this, into, I want to say, unique, um, that people are sort of brought together by interest in ideas, fiction, stories. Yes, it's about stories and, uh, and plots. And they're brought together to celebrate and to, uh, to celebrate, share. It's my favorite dog. So printing presses. So I'm, re I'm returning to my, my busted printing press. It might be too that it's the kind of, you know, it's it's run the final lap, and that's a good that's an interesting question. Is like, you know, do I actually require one? Uh, because uh, I've gone old school with the promotion, and was talking with one person um, who had done promotion in the past, and she had for this convention, and she said, oh. Uh, what is this, the 1980s? And, and there's this nice notion of we've moved on. We don't do that thing anymore, right? We are sophisticated. We're on the growing edge of technology. And uh, that's not the case. There are still posters that are put up. There's still um, flyers, pamphlets, flyers handed out. Um, and that's what I was using this old printer for was to crank out some posters, um, you know, really simple, basic, um, and, and too fast, not a lot of ink left, so just sort of, you know, gr these gray, um, uh, gray posters and flyers flying out of the machine, and, you know, cutting, up, cutting them up with a pair of scissors, 
but it, 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 it's a, it's a, it's real, right? And that's the difference between this, and 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 for me, I think the yeah, that's the differentiation is that that uh, social media, that say the internet, for me, that it's not real, and I do encounter people for them, it's real, right? And I've already had arguments. I think I might have mentioned these people who have who have um, uh, internet friends, right? And that I've mentioned, that I've argued, that I've warned. I've said, you know, well, be careful. And and I've gotten upset responses when we're talking about it. And they're saying, no, they're real. So there's there's that difference there, that. Uh, difference of experience it, it's probably the same thing as say before television right the people who grew up before television and then they had the experience of television and or even say my my sister when she was growing up that she actually thought that there were kind of tiny people or puppets inside of the tv that that it wasn't yeah that it wasn't real um, or actually my sister's, uh, the sister comparison is, <laughs> it's what kids do. But I, I mean, say, the people before television that they experienced it and went, you know, well, that's not real. You know, it, it's almost like the, the first films that they showed where people had trouble distinguishing, right? Um, and, and that's a kind of a slightly different sort of take on it. I guess with my sister that she actually had trouble distinguishing, you know, whereas, say, an older person realized, I say I, at the same time, realized, I say, you know, that those are images, transmitted images. They're not real. They were real at some time. And now, too, we have manipulated images. Um, you know, we're able to change, create uh, things that seem very real. I went and saw a movie that had talking animals at CGI and it looked incredibly real and I'm, I marveled at that. It's like, oh my gosh. How did they get these animals to act and speak perfect English? All right, that is it for the printing press. Thank you so much. Take care.